All right, time for part two of my interview with uh, the one and only John Vincent. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I hope that his med- his uh, message of positivity really uh, resonates with you, because it did with me. Uh, here you go, John Vincent. So the, so the quarantine is clearly taking a bite out of your, um, your entertainment uh, schedule, the entertainment that you provide to thousands of people. Um, are you able to keep your voice and your singing voice in good shape when you're all cooped up in quarantine? Yeah, actually, it's weird. When I, um, maybe it's not weird. I'm not really, I, I couldn't tell you a key if, you know, if you ask me any key, I don't know keys. I just have to hear the music and I'll sing. But um, when I don't sing for a long period of time, my voice, my voice gets stronger because I'm just yeah. not using it. You know, I'll practice a little bit here and there, but if I don't really sing that much, my voice will get stronger. And, um, but yeah, you want to stretch out, do things, and do some vocal warm up stuff like that. But vocal rest is the best thing you can do for your voice, you know. And you ever that's, have? Yeah, that's a good point. Too. Well, so I, the next, the first anthem gig that you get after the quarantine, I'm going to do everything I can to be front and center wherever that is, because uh, after all the rest your voice is getting, you're going to be. You're going to be belting it out, man. I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the guy is that Wrigley uh, with our cubbies and uh, just, you know, go back to normalcy. And we're going to get through this. I mean, we are. The, the truth is humanity will get through this. Um, the human race, if you look at, like, again, if you want perspective on something, and I don't want to get people down. I'm, I'm talking about the, the biggest thing I found out and I try to tell people that you want you want the biggest blessing in life is really try to develop empathy to a level that's really different. You see people, you know, I see, if you say, hey, I'm scared, are you afraid right now? Oh, for sure. And what are you afraid about? I mean, I'm afraid for for my friends and loved ones who are, now in you know tough economic situations i'm I'm yep. afraid for you know myself and my wife and our well-being and sure yeah I mean, you know i've got a lot i've got a lot of fears right now well the one thing i try to do with empathy is i saw this old woman walking outside she had a mask on her face she had a walker and i kind of looked at myself and i said john you know you get nervous and you get afraid but then you see somebody like this and they're probably right. all alone. They need something. And you know, sometimes I try to go up and say, "Do you need something? Are you okay?" And sometimes people they don't know how you approach them or what. But you see that this woman had to be in her 80s. And she's with a walker here in in in, in Lincoln Park. She has a mask on her face, and she's probably going to Walgreens because that's the only thing that's open down the street right now. Is the Seven Elevens and Walgreens, Starbucks, everything else closed. You know, there's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, she probably lives alone. She's going out there. She's in a walker. And then all of a sudden, I'm transferring my fear to empathy, and that love is coming out. And it's like, holy shit, man, she has to go through this. Fuck me. She has has to go through this. She has to go through this. Oh, my God, parents that have kids, they they got other people thinking about this. And then you start saying, holy shit. And that's the mentality of um, when I went to the Pentagon that I was so in awe of spoke to one of my very good friends who's a major general in the U.S. Army. He goes, and he said the thing to me that 
we all said when I, I jumped off one of those towers, I repelled. It wasn't a building. It was a tower. And I was uh-huh. scared shitless. I was so scared. And he said to me, he goes, John, that fear is normal. He goes, but it's having that and still doing it. And that's where that love comes from. It, it, it's, it, it's having that fear but still going forward and still going forward till our last breath, till our last thing, until we're all going to die. Our bodies are nothing but um, this organism. You know, it's just, just we're just nothing but, for lack of a better term, big bags of meat, right? And this right. virus, this virus is trying to survive. So if you want to take the fear out of it, look at it in a scientific way. This virus is just trying to live, and it's trying to live off of us as a, as a host, and it's going from person to person. Okay, well, we're trying to not let this virus live because it's going to hurt us. Either it can kill us or it can make us sick or it can make us healthy sick or whatever, but our body does it. It's fighting. Our body's fighting it. And um, if you want to take it scientifically, how do we defeat it? Wash our hands. Separate ourselves from each other. Social isolation. Yes, mentally it's hard. And I understand that because I have mental, I have, like I said, I, I have a mental illness. So take things in a, if you want to take things in a reality way and you want to bring a lot of the fear out of it, Look at it scientifically. Read up as much as you can about it from the CDC, from other places, and find out about coronaviruses and what happens. And it is a virus. It's, 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 it's something that's trying to find a host to live on. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, now we got to look at it in terms of, okay, how do we stop it? Boom. They're telling us how. Wash your hands. Be hygienic. And, and, and again, is it the, the end all be all? No. But we can definitely flatten the curve and do that. The other way is to say, all I have is today. What's the best I can get out of today? Because before this pandemic came, we were all complaining about other shit. And all the other shit I was complaining about before this and all the other stuff doesn't even matter to me right now. And if we make it through this or whatever, that stuff is going to come back and we're going to worry about it again. But hopefully we learn. Holy shit. Yeah. That didn't matter. That thing didn't matter. This thing didn't matter. That other thing didn't matter. That's, that yeah, love, that's my hope. phone call, yeah. that stuff mattered. That stuff that's mattered. my hope that, that when, uh, when, we, when we all come out of this, that we're able to better prioritize and focus on the things that do matter. I, I'll tell you right now, I have faith. And I, 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 not faith. I, I know humanity at, at the end of the day. The vast majority of us are good people. That, that only that small, small, less than 1% are psychopaths. Yeah. Can, you know, that, that, that hurt people that really do terrible things. But the vast majority of us are good people. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that by people being good to each other. Yes, people are afraid. And our first instinct, I don't know why toilet paper is one, because it's a, it's, it's a viral disease, folks. It's not right. one of our pants. We don't need that much <laughs> toilet paper. It's a viral illness. Toilet paper is not exempt. The hand sanitizer, I understand, but the, the wipes and things like that, that I get that people are hoarding and doing that out of fear. But the toilet paper one did not make any sense to me at all because shitting is the least of our work. Right. You know, we can yeah, do that. I think, that's, I think that was just people trying to feel like they were in control of something, right? So Absolutely. Like, as well we're trying to figure paper. out. Right, but that control it was irrational. We have to, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you want to, if you want to ease your fears, study about, we're so lucky to live in an age right now. We have the internet where we can, I know there's a lot of things that are lies on the internet, a lot of bullshit and a lot of crap, right. but there are a lot of things on the internet. I'm watching this commercial right now, and it's with Dr. Deborah uh, Burks, 
I mean, this woman um, and Dr. Fauci and the other gentleman um, have this commercial, Dr. Jerome Adams. I mean, they're just saying beautiful, amazing things about what we can do, how we can help people. It's just saying right now, ages 16 and older with medical conditions, are you at risk. If you're younger, you can send it to them. This Dr. Fauci, I love this guy, man. Oh, yeah, he's the best, man. He's, he's, he's the best, best man. I, I love this fucking guy. This guy is the voice of reason. He's, he's going to tell us, hey, it's going to take time. It's going to do this. You've got to do this. And I just know that now is not a time for any of us to keep point and fight with each other. Now is a time for all of us to, we can't give each other this big hug that we want to, but just, like, imagine us all hugging the, the world. Yeah. Now's the time we've got we to gotta put our differences aside and fight this invisible enemy. And if you take the coronavirus as an invisible enemy and say, okay, this is what it is, this is what it does, how can we boom, 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 best protect ourselves, okay, we're going to take those steps. Now, the next thing is, is, okay, you can protect yourself the best way you want, but just like a nuclear bomb, if it hits you, you know, in something or a bombing or in war, you're going to have chances, or like when you drive a car, chances of a car accident, of, of, of getting, like, coronavirus, you're getting something terrible happening, right? At right. that point, what's chances after that? What's your, so you always got to have that, learn as much as you can, do what they're telling you to do, but then on the flip side of all of it, have that love guide you and know that, okay, all I can do is what this, this, and this told me to do. I studied about it. I tried to learn as much as I can about it. And now it's out of my control. This, yeah. is where, this is where I have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in my heart and everything. And I said, whatever happens, it's going to happen at this point because I did as much as I could. If somebody doesn't believe that, that's great. If you don't believe or believe, I don't care what your beliefs are. I'm going to love you and respect you the same way as a believer. I don't like people who, like me, believe, but then they'll put other people down who don't. I don't like right. people who don't believe, and they put down people who do. If something you do makes you feel good and you're not hurting anybody, and right. you're not doing anything to hurt anybody, why the hell should you give a shit what somebody believes in? As long as they're not hurting anybody. If you're not hurting somebody physically or mentally, it's all good. Right. All, you can tell me, Johnny, I believe in Santa Claus. You, am I going to get mad at you? No. Because what do I give a shit? If you're not hurting me about it, you know, then fine. Believe whatever you want to believe it. Now, it's when you hurt people for cause right. and stuff like that. That's when that's what I like. And, 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 again, I don't like when people who, like me, believe, have faith, will condemn some of you, oh, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. You're, I'm like, wait, don't, dude, Jesus said don't judge anybody. So you can't, right. don't judge. Jesus, Jesus isn't what you're thinking he is. He was here and he said love everybody. Be kind to everybody. Respect everybody. Give compassion to everybody. That's what he he, he, he was saying. And, and and when somebody, who a, a fellow Christian, will say something and condemn somebody else, I'm like, how can you condemn a person? When you can't, you can't, you got, you got, when you're pointing your finger, you got three pointing back at you. Remember yeah. that. I grew There's up in three... a really, yeah, I grew up in a really, really religious household, and I am yeah. not religious anymore, but I still feel like a lot of the lessons that I learned, uh, you know, I, I, I carry with me, and I, I think that, you know, I don't have that kind of faith anymore, but I, I, it's the lessons that you're talking about, um, you know, they, they resonated for sure. Well, I have people tell me they're like, "Well, are you going? Are you going to church? Are you doing doing this?" And I'm like, "No, I don't go to church anymore." Like, what do you mean you don't go to church? I'm like, "I just don't. I pray every morning. 
I pray multiple times a day. And I pray, I pray for forgiveness that I hope I'm doing the right thing. I hope I can do the best I can. Please protect us all. I mean, I do have an OCD prayer where it says, you know, please, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, protect my family, my friends, my animals, close to my heart, my loved ones, my enemies, including myself, every person that's alive right now, going through a near-death experience, born from this moment forward and on, that we all live with happy, healthy lives to 100 years of age and beyond, and we die peacefully in our sleep. Now, do I know that that is, is, is not happening and that and, and because I lost, I lost loved ones who are very young uh, to cancer and to other diseases, people that I've loved, I've seen die. And, and I know people don't all live to 100 and pass peacefully in their sleep, but I wish we all could. I wish we all could and I wish that could happen. So if I'm going to keep spreading love and kindness and wanting stuff like that, don't, don't judge me for that. Because if right. you don't produce and you still wish loving kindness and all that for somebody, man, that's awesome too. Yeah. That's awesome too. Do you, yeah, you're, uh, after spending almost an hour with you, I, I feel like running through a brick wall right now, man. You, uh, you, 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 you find, you know, a way to, you know, even in a dark time like this to find the positivity. And I really appreciate that. You know what I had to look, thank you, Brad. You know, I had to learn the biggest thing that helped me with my mental illness is I embraced the madness. I told my girlfriend, yeah. listen, I go, embrace the madness, embrace the insanity. Because she has her own issues. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I go, listen, we're all crazy. We all have problems. We all are suffering. Existence is suffering. I've, I've, I've studied Zen Buddhism and I love a lot of their teachings and things like that. I, I, I really enjoyed it in my 20s, uh, reading about it. And I always loved reading about it. Not just that, but also obviously history and geography and everything that happens. Again, perspective. You want perspective? You want to really get crazy? If we ever feel sorry for ourselves in the 1300s, when the Black Plague uh, yeah. was going on, okay? it started by fleas biting rats and the rats getting on these boats and these ships going from dock to dock and spreading okay, this disease to people. Do you know how they died back then from this? And this was before yeah. any type of medicine or anything. Did they bleed out? You would get boils all over your body. You would have these. They showed a picture uh, on, on uh, of one. If you go on, uh, Jesus, my brain, I'm losing my mind. I've lost it already. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Wikipedia. There's a person with, you know, uh, plague like uh, where their fingertips would turn black. And they would get these lumps, huge lumps in the groin area, men and women. And they would get these boils all over the body. And they would and they would suffer and die within matters of days or a day or two. And this is a time of no medical, the knowledge they had, doctors would go around with these masks that looked like big bird beaks because they filled these masks with rose petals and other flowers to try to protect themselves from the smells and the disease. And they were fighting it, having no, no, they didn't know what was causing it. They didn't know what they were doing. They were thinking it was, you know, the end of the world, this and that. And most, almost, we lost, I don't know if it was half the population or or, or more. It took centuries to get, you know, us back on track. And what what shocks us the most is that we've never experienced this. So it is a shock to us. And it freaks the shit out of us. But if we look and we just study history. We've Man has been struggling with each other, with nature, with natural disasters, 
with 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 wars, with all all different things, on many many different levels of tremendous suffering has been happening since the beginning of time. Yeah. Tremendous suffering has been happening since the beginning of time. We just were very lucky to be born at a certain period of time. Like I said, my dad he experienced it. This right. story my dad said, you know, there, there was an airborne illness, some illness where the Nazi soldiers, all the horses were dying. And he was in a little town in the brute so called Palena when my dad was he was born nineteen thirty five. He said, Johnny, all the horses were dying. So they were killing all the horses because they said, What the fuck? You know, this thing of disease is spreading everywhere. So they made a mass grave. The Nazis made a mass grave and put all the horses in this mass grave and buried them. Oh my father my father and his my non my, my, my grandparents and uh, my uncle Benny was going dead. My auntie Mary, she was the oldest. She has since passed. But then it was my dad, Vince, and then it was uh, my uncle Benny. They were all born, and then I think it was my auntie Annette was uh, fourth, if I am correct. But they were alive. They dug up the horses, and they ate the horse meat. Oh. He said, Johnny, we had nothing. He said, Johnny, he goes, if I got an orange for Christmas, it was a gift because we lived in the barn. I mean, his eight-week-old sister passed away after eight weeks. My nun, Jaconda, on my mother's, on my dad's side, had, had had 11 kids, one that passed, that was eight weeks old. My father had pneumonia when he was a young kid, and the doctor said, you know, he's going to die, told my grandmother. My dad uh-huh. needed My dad also had stage four colon cancer at the age of 67, spread to his lymph nodes. And the doctor said to him, Vince, everybody says, oh, your dad's name is Vince Vincent. I'm like, no, my name's John Vincent Pierazzo. My real name is Giovanni Vincenzo Pierazzo. John Vincent, my middle huh. name, I go by my middle name. So the doctor tells my dad, Vince, it's going to come back in six months. He goes, you don't know, in a very heavy Italian accent, my father goes, you don't know, and I don't know. Six months later, the doctor goes, Vince, I just want to give you a heads up. This is going to come back. And he had a colostomy bag for a little bit, my father. And he doesn't have it anymore. They, oh, they wow. Yeah. And then my dad goes, you don't know, and I don't The third time he went back to the doctor, he said, ah, that's enough for you. You, you, you're depressing me too much. I'm, I, I can't, I can't, I gotta get out of here. My dad's 84. My dad's stage yeah. four colon cancer spread, spread to his lymph nodes. He's still alive. He was 67. I remember hugging him and, and crying in his garage at his house. And he goes, no, 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 stop crying. Don't worry about me. I said, what do you mean don't worry about you? He goes, Johnny, as your kids five, six, seven years old, they got cancer. He goes, I'm 67. He goes, what are you going to cry about me for? And I looked at him. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you're a tough son of a bitch, man. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I mean, think about that. We, we, we have to, we're going to break down. It's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to be afraid. But if you're going to be afraid, try to get as much information as you can so you can understand. Now, don't go down that rabbit hole like I do where it'll drive you insane. Because when this pandemic wasn't going on, I was always looking up diseases, and I'm a hypochondriac, and I'm always thinking the worst. I'm always thinking this. So I've lived, I've been in a pandemic for most of my life. <laughs> you're, Honestly, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I feel you. You know, I, 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 I'm thinking I have this, or I'm getting that, and I'm always telling my family, I'm a huge, huge hypochondriac, and I told well, the my doctor. Yeah, the worst thing for a hypochondriac is like WebMD, where you can plug in your oh, yeah, right. Your, and they've told yeah. me a long time ago, Johnny, don't go on there, and I would go on there, and then I'm like, well, no, you know what? I'm going to go on Mayo, or I'm going to go on Harvard. 
because they're smart. I'm going to go on the CDC, you know, and, and they would tell me, Johnny, stop looking up symptoms for, you know, this cancer or that or this or that. Stop look, doing that. My psychiatrist would tell me, my, my regular doctor, who is amazing out of Loyola, Dr. Greg Ozark, would tell me that. And what we can do is, again, we can, we can do the best we can, inform ourselves the best we can, do what we can to help ourselves. It's just like playing a football game, okay? I, I used to play left tackle. If I knew the guy was 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 thin, and I knew the guy was, you know, you could tell by the the look of his body if he was going to be fast. I knew I had to be on my heels, getting ready to kick that foot back, because he was going to beat me if I don't get that foot back and make sure. If the guy was really stocky and he was really built and he was really something, I knew I, was, I had to hunker down more and hold him and kind of grip him. And then once in a while, you had guys who had both, and then they just get the shit out of you. <laughs> I mean, I was all yeah. American in college, but, I mean, there were guys who kicked shit out of me in college. <laughs> yeah. You had, you had to put your brain and say, okay, you got to do my best. I'm going to either try to block this guy this way. I'm going to either try to block this guy this guy way. And then sometimes you just have somebody who says, it ain't going to matter how you're going to block me. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And my favorite football <laughs> player of all time, Reggie White, <laughs> he used to do that to people constantly. <laughs> yeah, man. He, uh, yeah, he he. I, I I was living in Wisconsin when he was playing for the Packers, and he was he was a uh, legend, man. You know, I got a I got a video from Favre, Brett Favre, uh, not too long ago. It was uh, right before all this started happening. I mean, it, it was when I did my Valentine's show, and uh, he just sent this beautiful video about good luck and good success and all this and everything, Johnny. And he's just a good guy. And, you know, Brett was one of those guys when what I've heard. And I'll text him every once in a while and be like, hey, Brett, how are you? Hope you're doing good and this and that. And he's such a down-to-earth guy. The one thing about Brett Favre that I that I always loved, um, and, and I remember Mike McCarthy told me this story, is I think when he was coaching, before he was head coach of the Packers, but when he was an assistant coach there, Brett like, looked like, I think he might have broke his, his hand. Tony. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, get get number two ready. And Brett goes, what are you talking about? I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going out. And they're like, what are you talking? Your hand is swollen. He's like, nope. I'm going. I'm going. I'm playing. And that game after his father died, and he threw those yeah. four touchdowns. It's that thing. But he he does triathlons, and he's doing oh, these I didn't triathlons. Know oh man, he'll, he'll he'll bike like. I talked to him, and his one buddy was telling me, you know, 30 miles a day on the bike and this and that, and it's like. It's that never give up attitude. When I was younger, my favorite Rocky of all time was Rocky Four. I hated that Apollo. That, or I should say Rocky Three. I loved Rocky Four except for Apollo dying. That that yeah. made me so sad. I was so sad when that part happened. But Rocky Three, Rocky Four, I loved those. You know, I loved I loved like all that when I was a kid. As I've gotten older, I appreciated Rocky Rocky the first one more than anything because it shows a person not giving up. It shows a person trying everything they can do to try to beat the odds, to try, yeah. to keep trying. I, my wife, That's, I don't think, has ever seen any of the Rocky movies. I, I should, we're on quarantine, man. I got to, I got to change that immediately. Watch, 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 watch the, watch Rocky tonight, and just watch yeah. when they have that. So listen to that song going the distance. Yeah, I talk to friends and people that have had cancer to listen to that song. Listen to this fight, fight, fight. 
fight because when you're in the corner and you feel like it's fucking done, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep trying. You got to fight with love. You got to keep going with love. You got to keep going. Even yeah. when fear wants you to go with anger, even when fear wants you to get pissed and, and, and be shitty, no, you got to let that love take over. And it's fucking hard, especially now, especially now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's going to be, become easier. Why? Because, like I said, I believe in humanity, and what we're seeing around this world is unprecedented love that we're giving to other people now. We're showing yeah. support, and that's going to come out. It's going to come out here in Chicago. We're going to keep loving one each other. We're going to keep supporting each other, and we're going to see beautiful things coming out. Not bad things. Beautiful things of people helping and being there and, 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 and wanting to make sure other people are okay. I see it now, people texting me and reaching out to me and, and just calls and everything. I see it now. In the, these conversations well, I'm glad you guys. Everything. Yeah, I'm glad. You, I mean, you have, you have so many friends and so many people who care about you, and it's, that, that's, that is, to me, eye-opening, too, because, you know, people think that, you know, if you have a lot of friends, you have a lot of people who care about you, that can help. It can definitely help with mental health issues, but it doesn't erase them, right? So the fact that you've got right. people checking in on you and the fact that, I could talk to you all night, but we at some point gotta wrap it up. And I decided, and I think this is a perfect time to do it. And I think that uh, I'm, you know, you got people doing wellness checks on you, and I'm sure you're doing them on other pro, other people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't I can't tell you how much in this time of uncertainty, uh, I and others in your world support and and really appreciate your your uh, positivity and your approach to life, man. But what about you? you? What about you with this podcast for wellness check that you're doing? Are you not yeah, doing I mean, the same thing, my brother? You're doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. You're, for you're sure. saying I'm doing all this, but you are the one who contacted me. You are the one who say, hey, John, we're doing this thing called wellness check. We were doing this thing. That right there is, and that's the thing I want people to do, is give themselves pats on the back. A lot of, a lot of people oh, say, I appreciate oh, that. A lot of people say, oh, my God, no, you shouldn't feel like your pride and this or that, or, or you shouldn't want to have like, oh, look at me kind of feeling. No. The thing is, we do these subtle look at me feelings on Instagram, Facebook, this and that, instead of these real raw look at me feelings. And it's yeah, okay dude. to want acceptance from other people because that means you care about people. Because that means you care what people think. And that's okay because that means you want love. That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's not, yeah, not, it's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's right. Right. That's a yeah, good it's, thing. It's a sign of strength, man. Yeah, I, I feel your tone, dude. Absolutely. Well, John, I, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And even if I'm not recording it, let's make sure we're, we're talking more often, even if it's the occasional check-in text or whatever. And Absolutely. You call me, text me, whatever you want. I'm sorry I talk so much. I just no, I man. It's, it's one of the many. It's one of the many things people love about you, dude. You you you're never at a loss for words, and we no one ever needs to wonder what you're thinking. And that's that's one of your many your many attributes. But um, so real quick, what what's the best way people can kind of follow you, and then once once the quarantine's lifted, how they can find out where you're where you're playing uh, playing shows and stuff. Yeah, uh, John Vincent Live, and I have a website uh, that that. Uh, was put up that my new employers made for me. Real cool website that hooks up to my Instagram, which is also now John Vincent Live. My uh, Twitter is John Vincent Live now, and um, uh, Facebook is still John Vincent. Um, but yeah, it has uh, all the connection on there. The new place that we're going to open up later on, hopefully this year. You know, we're all kind of just playing everything, you know, day by day and, and, and moment by moment. 
and um, but yeah, stuff like that, and hopefully we get back to some normalcy. But we don't need to rush it. We need to right. make sure people are safe. We need, to, we need to make sure people are healthy. We need to think we're only as good as uh, how we treat our. I don't know who said this, but I don't know if it was Gandhi or who said we're only as good of a society as how we treat our weakest and most vulnerable. Yeah. And now we have to think of the people who are most vulnerable and weakest. And that's what we need to do. Caring about yeah, saving man. lives. Here, caring yeah. about people who here, are here, man. Here, here. That's the that, that's number one. And if we do what the government is telling us to do, staying in, doing all these things, we can help those those first responders and give them the break they need. Yeah. Because they are heroes. These nurses, these doctors, these policemen, these firemen, all these people, people working in grocery stores, people working, people who are essential workers and still going to work every day, thank you so much. Please thank you from the bottom of my heart because it's not easy. And for them to do that is unbelievable. And thank you. Thank you to everybody in there that does that. And we just, just, we need each other, guys. We're learning more and more and more and more. We need each other and we're all the same. That's very true, man. And I think more people are going to come out of this uh, for the better once it's all said and done. And they're hopefully going to have the sort of outlook on things that you have because uh, we need more of it. So, well, John, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time and your insight and your, you know, and your passion for all this. So uh, I'm going to make sure that we link to your website and all the places people can follow you on social. And then let's you and I make sure we stay in touch. And your first, your first uh, national anthem after the quarantine I'm going to be front and center, man. Uh, I love you, my brother. You stay safe, stay healthy, you know, do do uh, everything you can to, you know, follow and keep you guys safe flatten and healthy. The, and, flatten the curve, yep. Yeah, right? Flatten the curve. And we all need each other, and that's that's the best thing we can take out of it because it's, it shows how much of this world is, 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 is a family. This world is very, very small. We're so yeah. connected, and a virus shows us that by how quick it spreads. Is that how? Yeah, I mean, it was it was on yeah. every every continent within a month or two, right? So yeah. Yes, and that's and that's how close we are. But the positive thing is, is also that's how close we are. And yeah. if we take the next step out of our own bodies and into our spirits and into our inner beings and realize that we're all connected and we all need each other, that's the good thing that's going to come out of this. Is that love? All right. It's good. It's going to get better. I, I appreciate your time, man, very much. Thank you so much. And stay in touch, all right? Thank you. I will. And, and you do yeah. the same. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. There you have it. Part two, my interview with John Vincent. First ever two-parter here in the uh, long, illustrious history of uh, the wellness checks that we've been doing at the Heckler um, please make sure you follow John on social media. JohnVincentLive.com is his website. Um, he is, as you can tell, a very wonderful, kind-hearted, thoughtful man. Uh, I, I can't say enough about the guy. So please uh, give him a listen. And uh, we've got some more guests in the works. And I'm going to keep trying to do this at least once a day. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And I am hoping that uh, you are too. So send us an email, thehecklerattheheckler.com at thehecklercom if you have any thoughts on guests that we can have. I'd love to do that. 
And also, please make sure you follow us on uh, on social media and download, subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast. I'd appreciate it very much. Thanks.